previously on the Dave and Steve show. Knowing you can't get a boner or go out in the sun really helps with your high blood pressure. Let's back up a little bit on old Davy J here, and I'm going to break things down a little bit for you, okay? <laughs> my penis fell off, but it regrew on my arm, and now I'm a real man again. Little tickle in the throat. I'm super excited about what's about to happen. Just, where's, the, where's your buffer, asshole? Just... Get, in there, get it in there. <laughs> <laughs> It was, it was everything everybody has explained it to me to be. It was uncomfortable. Hey, dickhead, knock it off. You've been sick for a full three hours. Get over it. You're probably going to be dead. I'm telling you, you need to go get, eat some burritos tonight. <laughs> uh, Ricky Rocket is back. We got a full band in-house, and hopefully I don't have this, this penis on my arm anymore. I can take a dick, Dave. <laughs> so stupid. We're so stupid. It's just, it's just so dumb. This is a new low for this show by far. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. But it was right there. It was right there. Welcome to the Dave and Steve Show with Tracy. I am Dave. Sitting right alongside me, a mere 27 miles away, is Steve. With bandwidth issues. And from parts unknown, the lovely and returning Tracy. I've never felt better, and I owe it all to Idaho. Off and running on the Dave and Steve Show with Tracy. I've never heard anything owed to the state of Idaho, Tracy, so please continue. Well, I, I, I'm currently wearing a shirt that I got uh, in uh, Sandpoint, Idaho, which uh, clearly reads Sandpoint, Idaho. And uh, it's I, I hadn't been to northern Idaho since I was a kid. And I went back, and uh, it's going to be a very long time before I go back, for sure. Do do this? Uh, we'll, we'll go back to Idaho in a second. But for both of you, do you guys, because I, I, we went to Moab over the summer for a wedding. I bought a couple of Moab shirts. I feel weird about wearing the Moab shirts that I bought. I, I feel weird about wearing a shirt to a place that I've been. It's such an overly touristy thing to do. I still wear them, but that's probably the one and only time that I will purchase shirts from the location I'm at. Do you, are, do Steve, you feel like a guy who you always got to get a shirt. Do you get a shirt? I, you know, I, I have gotten a shirt. I, I'm more of a, I'm more of a hat guy. Um, I like, I like getting a hat where I, where I go because I feel like, oh, I can just plop a hat on whenever and I can, I, I'll wear it out and, you know, mow the lawn or whatever. But, but you will, I, I you'll a get a, now. you'll get a shirt that says like Laguna Beach or Tempe, Arizona or what, just like oh, a, you know, that's really not. That's really not my thing. Sometimes somebody will give me one. Like my son brought me a really cool Arizona shirt that I wear um, around. I, I like that. But um, I, I mean, I, I, I got to really, really dig the place to advertise yeah. that I, you know, really liked it. But I, I don't have a problem with it. I, it's which, um, which like, I kind of want to wear like, like when I went skiing at Winter Park, I would, I would wear a Winter Park T-shirt because I really dug it there. Which really shirt or hat combination, I'm willing to buy a combo, do I have to get you to get you closer than seven feet away from your microphone? Uh, you're going to have to get me at least two uh, two hats and a shirt. 
and the shirt needs to be better hey, sized. Hey, uh, Tracy, so. what about you? Uh, when it comes to shirts, <laughs> does this sound okay? Do I sound good right now? I don't feel. Yeah, like you I sound very okay. roomy. Hey, uh, some very hey, roomy. So, Tracy, when it comes to shirts. When it comes to shirts, one of the things I look for is kind of uh, is vibe and color. So I'm I'm pretty picky with shirts. Yeah. And so um, yes, I do get a shirt, but I look for the best shirt in the cheesiest place I can think of. That's the combination I look for. So some of the happy shirts that I have are like Trees of Mystery in uh, northern in the redwoods uh, along uh historic uh, us 101 that kind of area so um if it if it looks good that's fine i one of the things i think about is, is particularly if i'm like at a place and already wearing one of these shirts it's like wearing a concert shirt to a concert yeah yeah, yeah so it is kind of like that i i have a rule with concert shirts and it's it's not a big rule or anything but i will not put them on at the show especially if the show that I'm at is written on the back of the shirt, meaning ACDC at the Tacoma Dome, I go to the merch table, I get a shirt, and it's listed on – I'm not wearing the current shirt for the show. Oh, that no, is, never, never. And, and, right. and two, I will not wear that shirt for a day, usually a week, after I've seen the show. That one doesn't get put on because I don't want it to be a, like – Hey, everybody, guess what I did last night? I, without saying it, getting people to say, like, did you go to that show? I heard they were in town. So I just wait before I put that shirt on. But I'm with you, Tracy. Like, looking at your shirt, for those of you listening, you can't, you don't know what a Sandpoint shirt looks like. But it is a shirt where if you just kind of glanced at it, you really wouldn't even understand it's about a location or a particular town or, or anything like that. You would just... You would think it was a clothing line or whatever it is. It's got a, yeah, it's a got tire a, store or yeah. something like that. It's that, a, well, uh, yeah. that I, it be a beer brand or something like a, like a craft beer or brewery or yeah. whatever. Hey, hey, Steve, back off your mic, okay? You're really loud. Yeah, nope. What is it? Why are you so close? Yeah. Nope. <laughs> nope. I'm I'm here forever. You you asked for this. I'm here forever. Yeah. So anyway, Idaho. I. Yeah. Idaho, why why were you there? Why were you in Idaho? Well, I. My work and my work uh, sends me to a lot of really cool places, and they always have. So many years that I've worked there, uh, you could think about all the pretty cool places that you know uh, your your corporation or company may send you, and they they've sent me to some really really outrageous places, and uh, they sent me to Spokane. Yeah, and so I was in Spokane, and and if Spokane has anything over Tacoma. And it has many things over Tacoma. One of those things is it's closer to Idaho than Tacoma is. Yeah. And so one of the things when, so when this conference I was sent to was over, I said to myself, you know what I'm going to do? I am going to extend my weekend into northern Idaho and uh, at, at the expense of being with my uh, loving family. Sure. Yeah. that. And uh, so I, I went camping because, you know, it's late spring and I figured that would be great. So it was 38 degrees and raining yeah uh, most of the time and it was absolutely it was absolutely awful in many respects were, but were, uh, you, were you tent camping yeah i Holy was tent cow. camping ah. yeah was, it was that was just you yeah just just me tent camping and uh uh so i i thought hey i would do some writing i would spend some time alone and uh really uh kind of build something in my life that none of that happened no none of that happened it oh. was i didn't write either i was too cold uh so i enjoyed some time in uh sandpoint 
which was kind of fun. And uh, it's a it's a big wine. It's more of a wine town than it is a beer town. So I had to adjust a little bit. Yeah, just a little bit. Uh, and so I can I can put on my wine hat. And thankfully, I did bring my wine hat. And uh, I was there. So I was at this one place that had a, a jazz band, a jazz trio that uh, showed up and began uh, uh, playing some songs that I really, really, really liked. And after a glass of wine, I liked it even more. And so that, the, the singer who is probably a year older than Sammy Hagar, for sure, uh, said because- to me. That's the yardstick. So it said to me, so he was, he was singing and he was singing uh, the girl from Ipanema, which of course uh, um, uh, was that how Paulo uh, and uh, sing it or Astro Astro Gilberto uh, sing it in the late 1950s, early 1960s. This you you are describing hell for me, Trey. This is yeah, so anyway. Hell on so Earth. he's singing it in Portuguese, and I love to hear Portuguese sung. I really do. And I said to it, I met with him afterwards, and I said, "Where did you learn to uh, to sing that in Portuguese?" And he said, uh, "I just uh, I wrote out the phonetics, and uh, and um and and uh, I don't know any Portuguese." And do you I know why? Punched him in the face. Yeah, because he's in. Goddamn Sandpoint, Idaho, where there's literally nothing else to do except phonetically spell out the girl from Ipanema in Portuguese. Well, it's a little known fact about Sandpoint, Idaho. There's a very, very, very high Portuguese population there. And I made that up. Fun fact. But uh, anyway, that's what I did. All right. Go ahead, Steve. I, I, I just went and looked for what Tracy's wine hat might look like. And um, and I tried to post it. I tried to post it in the window, but well, don't because it'll make a noise. Though you can't do well, that. Remember? I'm definitely going to make a noise. You're going to hear a noise. This is a podcast. People hear noises. Well, on why, why don't you just post it in in Signal where we where it doesn't make yeah. a noise? Uh, so anyway, uh, Tracy, I did want to ask you. So you're in your tent by yourself. You're not writing. You're yeah. not doing anything because it's cold. So so what are you do you like are you the type of person that if you're in a tent by yourself you're still going to have like your your phone or device so you can watch you can stream the office or or do you not get a signal there and if not what are you doing Yeah no signal uh there and so it was one of those things where my my tent was quite literally only for sleeping yeah. there was no benefit to being there at all so I spent a lot of time just kind of uh, uh I went up to Bonner's Ferry uh, which is uh, it's just one letter off from being the funniest fairy in right. the world. And then uh, then uh, I uh, just wandered around. I went to just shops and uh, looked at things and uh, and just kind of just extended my weekend. The weather was really, really miserable. Yeah. And so and the wind was really awful. And uh, in general, I made a mistake. But I mean, coming out of a kind of this uh, global pandemic kind of situation, like it felt okay. It felt totally normal to do this. Although I was maybe, I was another day from a documentary being made about me. Yeah, right. Yeah. Really? Where I die at the end. That was really yeah. what You're it was. You're assuming I'm not making a documentary about you right now. <laughs> I, uh, the, the weather, like I'm so excited because not next week, but the week after that, I take the family to Disneyland and we are trying our damnedest to not catch COVID and to really, truly hope that the Alaska airline pilots get their shit together and stop striking because if they don't, something's going to screw us over. I'll say this though. 
Alaska Airline pilot strike. We're driving. I, I will put the family in the, the, the 2018 Toyota Corolla. We will we will Wally world the shit out of that thing, and I will get them there one way or the other. So at least the pilot side of things, were that to happen, we'd probably miss a day, but it's not the end of the world. The, the COVID thing is what I'm worried about. I do not want to get COVID or have a family member get COVID and then have to infect all the people on the airplane because we would still get on and just not tell anybody. <laughs> every just, time i just being real in the history of my marriage every time i have planned something which isn't it's it's just not that often but every time one of my kids gets sick yeah i mean yeah. and it doesn't have to be you know kind of a uh stop the economy kind of virus either it's just your garden variety i'm throwing up and i've i've hauled them along yep. and uh and i've hated it for sure, but um, that's that's what we do. Yeah. Uh, hey, Steve, what'd you get up to last week? Well, um, I was still recovering from COVID, uh, and uh, I'm I'm much better now. I'm I'm probably ninety nine point two percent, so I'm like point eight percent away with a margin of error of point five percent. So, I think uh, I think I'm I'm pretty good. But uh, my wife caught up to us, and now she's. Um, She's trying. She's winding down from it, but it, it's still. I, I was going to ask, is she on the other side? But not, well, that sounds bad. Yeah. But, uh, no, no, she's not. She didn't pass over. <laughs> she didn't um, cross to the other side. I'm asking. If she... not, no, no, she's not. We, I, we, we can't talk to who's that? Jonathan Edwards, who can mm-hmm, talk to her. Mm-hmm. And her she's coming back. No, um, she's fine. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's it's an uncomfortable strain. Um, you know, it's been it's been a crazy week here. Uh, oh my boy. buckle up. Uh, my son did his first solo drive tonight. He got his license today and he did his first solo drive to a place. Um, where so he, here's a question. Did, tomorrow. So did he go to a liquor store a town over or did he stay close to home? I don't know. Uh, it, he, uh, he went to Kenmore and had kind of a like he typed in the uh, the address he had to go to. He'd been to the address many times before, but um, he typed in the address where he was going, and then he went someplace else entirely. And then he stopped there and he called and he said, "Hey, I put the wrong uh, I put the wrong address in, but I want you to know everything's fine." Now I'm sitting there with Wendy and I are just sitting there like. Well, that's we're- that's what I was gonna say. Is you guys, you were nervous about him flying in a federally protected airport, traveling on his own with state of the art technology in his pocket, all around mm-hmm. him, with a million different people willing to help. Were he to walk up with his big blue eyes and blonde swishy sure. hair and say, "Can you please help me?" So sure. I can only imagine what you were feeling with him behind the wheel of a of a car. Well, now here's the thing. He's very responsible and I've told you this before. I like he's he's a good driver and and I and I trust that he's going to do a good job. The only thing I'm concerned about is him getting lost because he just doesn't know where anything is. Yeah. Um, this is the same son you said uh, conv- uh confused Seattle and Bothell. Well, yes, more direction-wise than anything. Oh. Um, 
Yeah. And, and frequently thinks we're near things that we are not near. Um, and that's, you know, but th- I mean, that's like a whole Sesame street, like season that he needs to watch near yeah. far near far. And, um, he, now, um, he made it to his destination, did what he had to do and then drove on home. He did really, really great. Um, I immediately, he's like, can I drive to school tomorrow? What's wrong with that? It's fine. His, his, his school's uh, quite a ways away. And the only thing I, I worry about is he's only driven that, that stretch probably 600 times. So I don't know if he right. really remembers where it's yeah, at. Yeah. That's, that's not true. He knows that's right. An interesting thing, yeah. I, I told him that, you know, getting out the door in the morning has been hard, right? Like he, we have to drive him to school. It's, um, it's far enough away that it's, it's clear across town. It's we're in the North part of Kirkland. He, he goes to school in the very South part of Kirkland and of, of the same town. Yes. Yes, yeah. it is. Mm-hmm. It's a very complicated town, Tracy. Yes, I understand that. Our yes, politics, the sharks and the jets control different parts of it. It's what is what it's, is it's happening? Nuts. What is happening? <laughs> so Let's my agree. my question is: Did you is it your hatred of PBS that kept you from wa- him watching <laughs> Sesame Street? I'm Steve, that's, 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 Steve, there better be a goddamn payoff or discussion point to this story. Otherwise, we are gonna we're gonna throw hands. I'm telling you. Well, there you right was, now. and then you guys. I didn't say anything. Fired. Oh wow! So, so quick to point he's a, fingers. He's got, a, he's got a hard time getting out the door to a point where I don't have to race him to school. Now, I'm—he's very cautious when he drives. I don't want him tearing out of here because he's late to school, you know, driving. So I'm, I'm making a deal with him. If he's ready to go by X time, right. then he can drive himself. But if he's not, then he has to be driven. But I, and he is so excited. Like this will be the only time that he sets the alarm to wake up and he's actually up and ready and shaved and ready to go on time. And that will piss me off even more because it has been a chore to get him to get up and on time and out the door every other time. But if he's motivated by himself so that he can drive himself, I am going to be so Angry, and he has no idea how angry I'm going to be. <laughs> so he got himself up and got himself going. My, my next question really struggle. is: Have you figured out like how far back from him you're going to be following in the morning? It's got to be two cars. Two um, cars, right? Yeah, he he does not know how to run an SDR. Oh, okay. Oh, so, so it'll, it's going to be a piece of cake to follow him. He's not going to. All right. Do you guys remember your first, your very first, I mean, parent in the car, very first time behind the wheel, like proper driving lesson of like, hey, kid, it's your turn. Sit down and yes. grab the wheel and buckle up. Yeah. Yes. And uh, wh- where I, I so if, for, if everything that I know about driving and teaching kids to drive and all that, you either take them out to a very deserted road out on a backcountry road somewhere that you've already previously identified as the place you're going to take them or you take them to a parking lot especially at a at a random time of night where nobody's really in the giant or it's an empty building whatever but you take them to a big parking lot 
so that either way they have lots of space to to make errors and get used to it not run into anything tracy where was yours where was your first driving lesson so we lived our driveway was off of a dirt road and so my dad had pulled up near the mailbox and he had just put it in neutral and and this was a pickup truck stick and, and then he said, said tracy it's rolling away you better do something yeah exactly and so i uh i uh no he carefully uh set the emergency brake oh, and then okay. uh so i went about the next five minutes stalling it as yeah. uh as we were rolling down there and and, and kind of got that and uh, so that that was hit my introduction to the driver's seat was in in those moments my dad was my dad was insanely patient like like i never knew him to be yeah and uh there was there was a moment like because he knows you can kill him <laughs> yes and you know what that was the factor that was missing throughout most of my yeah, childhood yeah if only it, i had like come out of the womb with a gun yeah i was gonna say that the tune changes substantially when suddenly the child that that you've been addicted to not that your dad was i'm saying when the parent has been addicted to them their whole life suddenly has a gun drawn on them suddenly it's hey buddy hey you know i've always loved you like it's it's that no, kind it's, of thing it, like just relax you're yeah. fine yep just fine no one's hurting yep. you yep yeah that's exactly it. And so once I seen how that power dynamic had changed, um, I learned a lot about me, my father, yeah. and driving a manual transmission. You you ended that just like a headline story. Uh, Steve, <laughs> what what about you? Uh, where'd you where'd you first learn? Okay, so I was I too it was a pickup truck, um, a uh, red Mazda um, like. B2500 or something like that. Um, His dad eventually and, turned it in on the Lemon Law, Tracy. Go ahead, nope, Steve. that's that is not, that's not, no. In Canada, things. they call it a Mazda. He, he bought two of those Mazda pickup trucks because he liked them so much, but I'm, I'm not sure. Um, anyway, my father chose the most out of the way spot in the desert, like, like in between Ellensburg and Yakima. Yeah. Um, we're on the freeway and he's like, Hey, pull over here, Steve. There's nothing here. There's nothing here. It's just the military turnaround. Okay. Dave, you know exactly yeah. what I'm talking about. Yeah. This yeah. is off of uh, interstate 82. Then it yeah. sounds like and okay. there is nothing there. There's not a service station. There's not a house. There's not, there's nothing. Yeah. It is, it is rattlesnakes and varmints, um, out there. And just this big patch of pavement. Um, without another human soul, um, you know, in sight. And he's like, yeah, I think this is safe enough. 30% um, of your brain is thinking your father's going to kill you. Yeah. Right oh, now. It's, it is the perfect place for a hit. Like, it's a great place to, like, to um, break up with somebody. And, and has been. I guarantee it. Uh, I guarantee it, there are bodies out in those rolling, deserted hills somewhere. Absolutely. And I was 14. I think um, I don't think I was 13. I think I was 14. And my uh, my dad's like, all right, well, um, you're going to learn to drive. And I'm like, really? Like I like I was really like, I, this, this is not a good idea, dad. And he's like, no, no, no. You really you really need to you really need to know how to do this. And um, and I'm <laughs> and it's a stick. Right. And right. I'm like, OK, I'm going to figure this out. You know, I can, you know, clutch it and whatever. And you know, very patient. 
um, you know, third or fourth time I was able to make it work. And then he had me drive around in like a circle and whatever. Um, and, but I'm, I'm like this, this clutch shit is no fun. Yeah. Like, like who would, who would do this when, when an automatic is available? Like, yeah. why would you yeah. ever do this? Why would anybody, but you know, I, I got pretty good at it and, um, it's been a while since I've driven a stick, but, uh, but, uh, I really, uh, I really enjoyed, uh, doing the, doing the drive out there and figuring it out. Now from that point, it was like another year and a half until yeah. I did it again, but that was the little blurb yeah. that I'll always remember doing out there. I think, um, I think he might've thought like, what if there's an accident, this idiot next to me, um, has the arms and legs to be able to drive me someplace if if I need hospital care, but absolutely no knowledge. Like I, I think that was something he woke up to, and he's like, I, I need to teach him how to drive me. Someplace. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. You were Plan B essentially. Yeah. C maybe. Yeah. C. 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 All right, Steve. Anything else from you this week? You dickheads never ask me. Hey, hey, Dave. What about you? When was your first driving experience? No, no, no. We're, no we're just gonna move on. No, we're gonna move on. No, we're gonna move on. Ask Dave. No. You know why? Dave just talks. No, we're gonna Dave move on. Where you? Guess what? You, guess what? For all you listening at home, you're never gonna know what my first driving experience was, and you can thank Tracy and Steve of the Dave and Steve Show with Tracy. So, How about that? Um, so, Dave, when was the last time you drove a stick? Hey, yeah. Shut your mouth. Hey, Steve. Anything else from you? Uh, no, but you know what I want to know? What was your first driving yeah. experience? Yeah, it's not happening. I'll tell you right now. This wow. Is, yeah, not happening. It's, it's because he's not proud of it. It's not happening. Wow. Uh, so uh, my wife is prepping for a yard sale this weekend, not at my house, thankfully. Uh, and I will say this. We live with a bunch of uh, weirdo, like, elitists because we are, you two know, people at home don't necessarily know, but you two know the town that I live in. It is not a high-class yep. Beverly Hills town. It's a very... Uh-oh, we lost Steve. No, no. Steve's still here. Okay. Uh, you're just breaking up, and I want to be able to hear you gotcha. a little better. Okay. It's not a high-class town in any way, shape, or form. It is a very nice, respectable, hardworking, blue-collar town, but it is not a high-class town. And so I, I live in a community that does have a gate, but it's not some kind of like super fancy retinal scanning gate. It's literally a, like metal phone uh, button pad that you push your, your thing in and it, it enters. Well, you don't push your thing in. That'd be weird. But you, yeah, put your, you don't. I've, I've done that. You, you yeah. I thought you had to, but you didn't. You put your code in, the gate opens. I'm saying all this because the people in my community, my wife, when we first moved here, she has always done yard sales. She loves to purge. And so she's always done yard sales. We, uh, we did a yard sale almost every year at the last house we lived in before this one. We move here. She does one the first year. She does one the second year. And I could even tell just from Facebook reactions and things like that, there were people in this community that weren't super thrilled about having a yard sale for, right. for whatever reason. And then... Uh, uh, a couple years after that, she decided she was going to do a third one. And she actually, for the first time, got people in the community responding, saying, I wasn't really happy with the gate just being left open and people that we didn't know coming in off the streets in order to peruse our neighborhood. We live in a gated community for a reason, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And so 
effectively they were saying i'm not happy with the unwashed masses coming through our our cherished gate and i'm more important than i than i actually am or i think i'm more important than i actually am because these people are going to come do things to me because i i guess they thought people cared about and nobody gives a shit nobody's nobody most of the time nobody even knows this community's here it's off the road enough that Nobody's going to come. Nobody's going to the yard sales to case the joint to come back to try and figure out how to break into the gate that would be closed by that point, so that they could come to the house and take the sharp TV that they saw in somebody's living room when they were at the garage sale. So, no more yard sales. Can't do yard sales here anymore. The group effectively voted and said no, and the HOA backed them on it. So my wife partnered with a friend. She's going to do one in the in the town that we live right next to. Uh, they're doing it downtown, so it's going to be a better location anyway. We don't get a lot of foot traffic out here, obviously. So they're doing it down there. But I, the, the, my wife goes into a yard sale mode. She, it becomes, if it's not nailed to the goddamn floor, it's up for sale. Like, I get asked everything. Every, she will see me physically using something. I'll be out in the yard cutting a branch, a dead branch off of a tree with the chainsaw. She will come out, make me shut the chainsaw off and say, do you still use that chainsaw or can I sell it in the yard sale? Oh, yeah, yeah. And I'll say, the chainsaw that I'm currently holding that's sticking halfway through a branch because I haven't finished sawing through the branch, yes, that one. Yeah, I still use it. Okay, I just thought I'd check. So everything in my house, everything in my house needs to go. But what I have noticed in the bummer about all this is that, so the as I said, the last time we did or she did a yard sale was pre-COVID. Now we've had all this time pass since COVID, and it doesn't seem like it's been that long, but it has been that long. And here's why. Because my kids now are going through all of their toys, and they don't want toys. And it, no to- that what you would classify as toys, I mean, sure... Sebastian still got an Xbox, a few other things, like that kind of stuff. That's that's one thing. But as far as like the kids' plastic yeah. toys that you would think of, they don't want any of them any, anymore. And yeah, pre- they, they're into gateway drugs now. They're not. Right. They don't want plastic toys. Pre-pandemic, sure. my daughter was playing with all of the, you know, the. Well, she was never really into Barbies, but she was playing with all the. I don't even remember the, the littlest pet shop and all that all these like toy lines that that yeah that she was totally into and now she's not into any of that and she's getting rid of it all and so literally it was one of those like smack in the face moments where i was like oh we've i have no more kids in my house (laughs) other than me i guess i have no more kids in my house who want to play with toys anymore i'm looking I'm looking at your back wall right yeah, now. Right? Yeah, I see it all. Yeah, <laughs> it was not lost on me as the words were coming out of my mouth. And I'm standing in front of a bunch of prepackaged toys that are hanging from my office walls. So, so yeah, that was kind of a bummer. I will we'll be back for their Jimbo Billy Bobs. Right? They will. Yeah, I am. I, I yeah. I think I'm the only. Well, I shouldn't even say that. I won't say that because I don't. That's. That's not something I'm going to say. I'll tell you that right now. You know what I'm not going to say? That thing I was about to say. Right. Yeah. Okay. All right. We're going to take a quick break. Oh, nope. uh, We're not going to take a quick break. Tracy's still going. Go ahead. You should tell us about that first time you uh, took the driver's seat. The first time I took the driver's seat? Back on the Dave and Steve show right after this. What, Tracy? It was a bright summer day, and I was enjoying my two favorite things, dogs and cupcakes. And that's when it hit me. A million dollar idea. Hi, everyone. My name is John Tortello, 
owner and operator of John Tortello's world-famous defecakes. As I sat in the warm sun watching my dog play with the other dogs at the dog park, I noticed a pile of excrement on the ground next to me. I took a bite of my chocolate cupcake just as the aroma of that poo hit my nose. and Bam! The idea hit me square in the face. Little dog crap shaped cupcakes. Brilliant, ain't it? We got everything from our indulgent bull mastiff monster cakes to our dachshund mini bites for those of you watching your waistlines. Whatever your preference, I guarantee you've never had more delicious poop flavored pastries. And you can take that straight from me, John Tortello. And don't forget about our Build Your Own Toppings Bar, where you can drizzle warm fudge on the defecake of your choice, sprinkle some nuts on top, and maybe finish it off with a piece of candy corn or two. At John Totello's World Famous Defecakes, we ain't here to tell you how to do your business. So come on down to John Tortello's World Famous Defecakes on the north side of Southampton in the East Town Shopping Mall near the Western Clothing Store. You'll know you're getting close by the aroma and by me, John Tortello, waving you in with a smile on my face and chocolate on my fingers. When you want a treat that looks like poop, you gotta listen closely because here's the scoop. Just grab your hat and jacket and head on down because John Tortello's got the best crap in town. Hypertension is a serious condition that if left untreated can cause serious health issues and in many cases is life-threatening. If you take a minute to consider how many of your grandparents may have died of a stroke, you can understand quickly what could happen if this condition is left undiagnosed or untreated. Some early signs of hypertension can be tiredness, headaches, anxiety, and a rapid heart rate. Hypertension can cause even more complications when facing a medical procedure, such as repairing a labrum tear in a joint or growing a body appendage on your arm. This has been Tracy's pretending to forget I was replaced by an arm penis last week. Minute. If, if you're not aware of what we're talking about or what that minute was about, go back and listen last week because Tracy Jr. made his first appearance on the show. <laughs> he did not disappoint. I was cackling so much during that, uh, and I was so glad that uh, Tracy Jr. made uh, an appearance on that uh, Tracy, on you show. know what gets my blood pressure up? What is it? Is when a little over a month and a half ago, I send one Steve of the Dave and Steve show with Tracy the set list to our show that's coming up June 11th for the band that I played in with Steve for many years. Mm-hmm. I send it out. I say, go ahead and take a look. If there's any songs you don't like, if there's any songs uh, you don't want to do or any or you want any changes, any additions, subtractions, anything, let me know. So this, to be clear, is this the same Steve? Of uh, the Dave and Steve show that is also a drummer for this band that very would not same. send a photo of himself. Yeah, the very same. Uh, the very same. For, for, so, yeah, so, and and for those of you listening at home, because I'm going to call him on his shit right now. Steve is desperately right now trying to look at the song list to get his shit together because he knows what's coming. So, I send him the song list, and then off air, we're not going to get into details of the of the story that was that took place off air because it's got some personal aspects to it. Steve vehemently railed against one of the songs in the set list saying that's a song he highlights as a I will never do that song that song has been in the set list for a month and a half 
This and, one he characterized as an anti-song. And only then did he say to me, I have not looked at the set list. I really should based on this. Did you send it via email? Because I can't find it in the email. <laughs> can't find it in my email either. It's in the maybe, that, maybe I didn't see the maybe I didn't see the email. It's in the text thread with the band that was between all of us, and I'm pretty sure I don't I don't want to say for sure because I'm not going to spend time to look it up on the show, but I'm pretty sure you responded when I sent the list. So this is let's let's go back. We're going to go back, Tracy, just for a minute. Tracy's now mm -hmm. looking at a set list as well. Yes, I, I, because I, you sent it to me and I went over it. We're going to go back in time just a little bit uh, to the last time we played the Time Out Saloon uh, in beautiful Kittitas, Washington, where Steve of the Dave and Steve show with Tracy told me how many times he had listened to the songs, how much he had gone over the songs in his head. Have you, have you actually played them behind a drum kit? No, but I've listened to them a lot. I have them on heavy, constant rotation. Uh... Smash cut to the gig. Steve had no idea what song was next or what it was or how it went or how to start it. or And now, now I am sweating profusely because I'm having flashbacks. Steve and I actually got into it, Tracy. Believe it or not, Steve of the Dave and Steve Show and Dave of the Dave and Steve Show with Tracy wow. got into it on stage. I said, I believe I yelled something to the effect of, I thought you said you would practice these. And Steve yelled back, I did. And we were like screaming at each other during the song on the stage because it got a little tense. And now I'm well, worried. I didn't think it was tense. I just thought, I, I thought you were just asking me if I practiced them and I had. No. Um, I did look at the set list. Now, I just, now I'm worried. I did look at the set list. I didn't, uh, I didn't, I didn't see that one song. It's all the swimming you do help you backpedal like that. Uh, so <laughs> Jesus. Okay. So uh, if you guys you know, looked at it, I just didn't, I didn't see that one song that you mentioned. I'm like, Oh, because I didn't think that anybody would ever put that song on a set list. So listeners of the Dave and Steve show with Tracy, if you'd like to show up and see if Steve did in fact rehearse uh, June 11th, Downtown Kittitas, Washington. If you don't know how to spell it, start typing in K-I-T Washington and you'll find it. Uh, Kittitas, Washington. Timeout Saloon. Uh, show starts at 8. Uh, get there early because the drunk yeah. you get, the better we sound. And uh, tune tune in and, and uh, maybe we'll even post some clips uh, at some point on the Facebook page. To show a you good tip if you're, if you're on in a ferry line, you're going to the Kitsap Peninsula. <laughs> you need to turn around and go the other way. So just a little bit I would like to point out that one of the songs in set one isn't the name of the song. It's the first line of the song, which isn't the song. <laughs> and that's annoying to me. It was like that on the 45, though. Wh which one? You can what say it. Uh, uh, it's um, it's uh, 8675309, uh, Jenny. And it just says Jenny, Jenny. Because that's the first two things that are said in the song. By Tommy Two-Tone. Yeah, this totally makes up for not checking. You would have known that, and that would have annoyed you a long time ago if you had actually looked at the goddamn set list when I sent it to you. I looked at it a long time ago. I, uh, I did not see that one song in, in Section 2. In fact, I believe I even downloaded the songs that I had not heard before. You want to hear my favorite song? 
And now, straight from the Dave and Steve Show news desk in beautiful Anytown, USA Plaza, it's Tracy Green with this week's headlines. Our first story, a Seattle couple has lived aboard a cruise ship for the past year after determining it's cheaper than a mortgage and they have no plans to return to living on land. Angeline and Richard Burke, both in their 50s, have always dreamed of retiring to a life of travel. The couple have been going on a cruise around the world at least twice this year. Uh, but it was in early 2021 when, that Angeline, an accountant, crunched the numbers and found something unexpected. The pair could retire now and live aboard cruise ships for as little as $43 a day. I feel like they should get together with that guy. You had a story about a year ago about the guy that used his Six Flags memberships to feed yep. himself. Magic Mountain, uh, yeah. and he just went there with the extended pass and yeah. uh, just ate hot dogs and, uh, and curly fries. Yeah, I feel like these the, he and this couple should get together and trade secrets because this is this is ninja level living on the cheap. They should have their own fiction show. It shouldn't be a reality show. It should be a it should be a comedy yeah. um show where that person is a is is a character with the other two. Yeah. And li- listen, I'm a big proponent of you should try something first before you say whether you like it or not. I've never been on a cruise ship. I will never be on a cruise ship. I hate cruise ships. I will never get on a cruise ship, and I've never been on a cruise ship. So don't tell me I need to get on a cruise ship because once you get on a cruise ship, you'll understand how cool cruise ships are. It's not happening. I'm never getting on a cruise ship. I have no desire to be on a cruise ship. We were booked and paid for a cruise, and then COVID hit like two months before, and it was like, mm. yeah. Now, now, probably never. Yeah. No, <laughs> probably no. never. Yeah, I looked at a cruise one time to go to uh, Brazil, and uh, and then it never happened, and I've never looked back. I don't want to be on a cruise ship yeah. ever, though. Uh, and we'll let you get back to the story in a second here, Tracy, but the, being on the cruise ship and, all, and things I don't want to do and all that made me think one of the things I was going to mention I totally forgot to mention. I have this thing this week where we're going to a show Friday night at the Tractor Tavern in Seattle, a live music show. For a band that I don't care to see, and in this case, I've already seen them. I actually saw them live. I thought they were the most boring band I've ever heard in my entire life. I mean, total shoegazers. Yet I find myself going back. And why am I going back, and why did this make me think of it? Because I almost said, if somebody gave me free tickets for a cruise ship, I might entertain it. Like, if it was a completely free, we have two extra all-inclusive things, come with us for a week, it'll be fun. Then I'd probably go like, yeah, all right, I can free, I can make it work. The only reason I'm going to this show this Friday is because it's free. Somebody accidentally bought four tickets instead of two. They were like, hey, do you and Tess want to go? And I said, sure, let's go. But I have no, di- and and I'm gonna go into it even though it's free. I'm gonna go into it just being like, I don't want to be here. Why am I here? And I kind of feel like that's how I'd be on the cruise ship too. Back to you, Tracy. So using their savings and the anticipated sale of their Seattle home. The Burks found a way to make life possible by hopping from cruise ship to cruise ship. Uh, They also take full advantage of loyalty points and sales to uh, make their dreams of retirement on the seas a reality. The pair quit their jobs, leaving their bills behind. They said, we don't plan to permanently live on land in the future, Angeline says. The couple says that they can count on 
one hand how many times they've slept on land in the past year. I have to assume they're pretty social. I have to assume they're extroverts so that you can be the one to like, you're so used to the game. Like, hey, where are you guys from? Oh, yeah. It's first time on the cruise. That's pretty cool. Yeah, we like you have to be because otherwise you're just kind of in isolation, <laughs> surrounded by a shitload of people and no way to get off. I'm I'm concerned that the cruise industry uh, read this story and went, oh, shit. Yeah. We can't yeah. have people retire on our boats. Yeah. It's going to be there. And they, and they immediately upped all their prices. Right. Well, yeah. it, but for whatever reason, I, I believe it's uh, probably cheaper than living in Seattle for yeah. sure. Yeah. Our second story, the custom on mother's day is to give flowers and relatively simple gesture of love. It looks pretty easy. Smells nice. This isn't hard to get right. And if you don't want to pay for a, floor, a florist, which can be a fortune, there are street vendors all over Philadelphia who are happily able to supply your Mother Day, Mother's Day needs. But somehow a Roman Catholic grade school in uh, far northeast Philadelphia managed to get together a Mother's Day flower sale that included lingerie stuffed into the fake flowers. St. Anselm school in the uh, Dunks Ferry Road in Parkwood neighborhood, which serves about 250 students from pre-K to eighth grade, mistakenly sold fake roses that had red thongs folded inside the flowers. Pre-worn by Father O'Malley. Sign, <laughs> sign right on the front there. Nice. That's, that's Father O'Malley in the Vatican. <laughs> they were red thongs. Cardinal red, probably. We're gonna uh, we're gonna get personal here for just a second. Yes. Mm -hmm. Not when you've been with them. I don't mean you you go to a mall together. I'm not talking to your mom, by the way, Tracy. I, I, okay, so. right. Gotcha. But have you ever purchased underwear and or lingerie for your significant other, Steve? Oh, I, I've I've purchased it out of necessity, but I haven't gone to a fancy like lingerie store to. You haven't, you, I, I, even fancy, like fancy's relative, obviously, but I mean, even like a Victoria's Secret. You've never gone to a Victoria's Secret and. And bought um, underwear. Not, I, I, and... I've, I've been and I've shopped thinking that, wow, this would be a great idea. And then when I get in there, I'm like, what if, yeah. what if I give something that doesn't work? And then, um, then no, then I didn't, then I didn't do it. But I've gone like, I've gone to Target like anybody would ask their their partner or spouse hey pick me up a yeah you know, sure and, a, a okay. four pack of hanes yeah yeah, yeah. exactly that's you know functional so. Tra tracy what about you maybe and this is hard because uh i it may have been a long time ago and if i don't do the math right on this I could end up on the wrong date yeah, yeah i hear and, you uh, so i have listeners of the show that may May look uh, kind of uh, slant-eyed at me in, uh, in in real life as it is. And, then, and so I don't know the answer to that. I'm going to say it's a firm maybe, but definitely a possibility. I So I haven't. And I will also say this. I am not, never have been, never will be. I, I'm not going back to the cruise ship. Don't worry. I'm not going to. I will never get on a cruise ship. No, I, 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 I'm not a lingerie guy. Doesn't, doesn't do anything for me at all. Right. Regardless of the, the type of lingerie, I've always said if you're, if you're, <laughs> If you're doing the kind of stuff that, that requires lingerie, all you want to do is get the lingerie off. 
Like that's that's your that's your that's your A game, that's your end game that you're after there. And so mm-hmm. lingerie just it's not a, it's not a thing for me. I don't. Some of us on, on Christmas morning, we take in just a moment. We look at the tree, the lights, the twinkling of the lights, and the and the pretty wrapping and the bows, and the and all the care that was taken in those moments yeah. to to give it. And we feel that anticipation, that yeah. humility that that rises up inside us when we. <laughs> I feel guilty about opening this box. Where are you going, Tracy? <laughs> I don't know. I lost. I was thinking about laundry, so I forgot where I was. <laughs> Sorry, school officials explained that the roses were purchased under the impression that they were suitable for Mother's Day. The school didn't realize that they were uh, frisky Valentine's Day gifts, obviously intended for adults and not ideal for an elementary school, let alone a Catholic school. Now, a uh, little investigation from the Dave and Steve show with Tracy Newsdesk said that uh, Roman Catholics uh, in- enjoy a little rumpy pumpy on Mother's Day, so that's fine. A little rumpy pumpy. <laughs> I. <laughs> okay. 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 Our third story police allege. <laughs> Sorry, the rumpy pumpy got me. <laughs> Police allege a South Carolina man was in the process of burying a woman that he had just killed Saturday when he had a heart attack and died also. It might sound like a movie or maybe an episode of Tales from the Crypt, but officials of the Edgefield County Sheriff's Department say it's a very real story. The sheriff there, Jody Rowland, said his officers responded to a call of an unresponsive male laying in his yard in Trenton on May 7th. According to reports, Rowland said his deputies arrived to find Joseph Anthony McKinnon, 60, dead in the backyard of his own residence, and they reportedly began the processing, notifying the next of kin. But while investigating the scene, police say they uncovered a second body placed in a freshly dug pit, and they say that that was uh, Patricia Ruth Dent, 65, who was living with McKinnon in the home. So this guy would have been caught immediately. Yeah. <laughs> like like this this it like like this this got this this mystery was solved 20 minutes before the mystery would have been solved. Yeah. Yeah, put a a sign over the freshly laid pile of dirt that says not a dead body. The, it, I the I had this thought the other day because so I really like true crime crime documentaries. I love watching like a even even so, some of the more uh, twisted ones, my wife gets worried about me because I like watching document. I, I wouldn't say I like. I find it intriguing documentaries about serial killers and murders from the past and all that. So I watch a lot of those types of things. I don't know. Listen, I know it happens. I know for the most part, yes, of course, it can always happen. But I feel like it's it's hard out there to be a murderer. It, in this day and age with the technology and everything and the fact how much right. they've streamlined the profiling and the understanding of how these killers work and all the different ways they have to track things now, the outdoor cameras, the cell service, all that kind of stuff. It is like, it is not, it's, I again, I don't want to say never, but I feel like it's going to be really tough for us to have any kind of like a Jeffrey Dahmer or anything like that ever again, a, a proper serial killer, because the think about that, we all saw the headlines, right? About that, that prison guard that helped that guy escape. And they went on the run. They were on the run for what seven days, maybe, and then 
there were 13 different surveillance cameras and closed circuit cameras that saw him at car washes and everything else. And they, they tracked him down to a hotel off a tip and uh, because somebody recognized the thing that they saw in the town. And that was it. Like, I just don't think you can like this. <laughs> at least this guy was just like, yeah, I did it. And I'm going to bury her right in the yard in front of everybody because nobody's going to see me doing this in plain sight. At least he did that versus trying to like hide it. Because I don't think you can do that anymore. I've tried. You've tried? No, I don't. What? You, you, you need st- kind of like a self-driving vehicle to just take them away. Yeah. That's a yeah. good idea. Very good. See, unless it involves robots that we're never going to see. You're right. The, yeah. the glory days of uh, of uh, killers of the past, that's gone. Yeah. 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 This is that's a bummer. Right? Yeah. So Sorry anyway. to bring the show down with, you know, the fact that we're never going to see good serial killers anymore. I apologize. I'm pretty sure I'm going to be murdered by somebody that will get away with it. Right? Yeah. yeah. We've always kind of said that, though. Our fourth story, a passenger without any flying experience safely landed a private plane on Tuesday at a Florida airport after the pilot had a medical issue, according to the Federal Aviation Administration. The plane, a single-engine Cessna 208, landed at 12.30 p.m. at Palm Beach International Airport. The aircraft had departed from Marsh Harbor in the Bahamas an hour and a half earlier. Earlier, Now, only three people were aboard, and the pilot, um, the pilot and two passengers, but their uh, names were not released. At noon, about an hour and a half uh, into the flight, the pilot said he wasn't feeling well, and he slipped forward against the controls. According to the FAA blog post, the plane went into a nosedive in a sharp turn, forcing one of the passengers to take over during the flight and stabilize the plane. Now, aircraft control uh, audio captured the minutes before the landing where the, uh, the passenger who took over the plane said, I've got a serious situation here, he said to a controller. Uh, he says, uh, my pilot has gone incoherent. I have no idea how to fly the plane. Now, the passenger also said he did not know where the plane was. He said, I see the coast of Florida in front of me, but I've got no idea. Uh, he was also struggling to turn on the navigation system. Yeah, and I know this feels like it's been a show of all the things Davy J would never do, but I, I'm never getting in a small, like a Cessna, no way, ever. Even with an experienced pilot, because, listen, think about how many commercial airlines take off and land, every flights take off and land every single day, and how many, when was the last time you heard of a true catastrophic crash Mm -hmm. and i want to be careful how i say this in countries where the regulations are strict enough to where the planes are checked regularly and all that kind of stuff in the in the quote-unquote safe countries when was the last time you heard of a plane crashing for just it just fell out of the sky but when it comes to cessnas and planes of a similar ilk of that size i feel like i see a story once a week of one that had to have an emergency landing that crashed somewhere that the pilot went down on all those like there is always something with the little planes and I will never yeah. get on a little plane. Now the number of little planes though, this is one of those things where the number of little planes as opposed to these commercial liners is huge. That ratio is huge. So there are tons of Cessna 172s and Cessna 182s flying around that you see them. You can't really even be out without seeing one in the sky somewhere that are out at just hundreds of regional airports all over the place but the interesting thing about what you're saying though dave is that they don't really have redundancy systems yeah so when something goes wrong with a motor and it's a single engine plane i'm yeah. no expert but uh 
of the four uh, physics of flight, gravity becomes the dominant yeah, one at that point. Pretty much yeah. so, yeah. Yeah. No, I'm never so, doing it. During a nearly 10-minute exchange with the air traffic controller, Christopher Flores, the guided passenger, then about 20 miles east of Boca Raton, telling him to hold the wings level, follow the coastline, and attempt a slow descent. Aircraft uh, control, air traffic control at Palm Beach International Airport then took over. Robert Morgan, the air traffic controller who helped the passenger successfully land the plane, said, I knew the plane was flying like any other plane. I just knew I had to keep him calm point him at the runway and tell him to reduce the power so he could just make a safe landing. I guess that is, it probably just kind of floats in. I don't see why they're making such a big deal out of this. It sounds easy. Yeah, it's, it's nothing. It's just, um, it's kind of a nothing story. I just kind of brought it up because it's one of those where, yeah. you know, that tired old story, someone yep. lands a plane with no training and, uh, and they're a hero, but whatever. Yep. Anyway, that's the news fellas. All right. We're going to get out of here. Uh, we have, we have overstayed our welcome. We've actually understated by about, oh my gosh, I had something in my throat there. We understood. Oh, that's a drop for next week. Uh, we understated it by about two minutes, but we're going to get out of here. Steve, anything else from you? Nothing good. Okay. Can you, can you maybe listen to some of those songs this week? That'd be awesome. Uh, I'm actually, we're moving the, we're moving the drum kit in here so I can run through them. All right. Tracy, anything else from you? I don't know. Okay. We're going to get the hell out of here then. For Steve, for Tracy, for me, Dave, we'll talk to you next time right here on the Dave and Steve Show with Tracy. What do you do when you see a spaceman? Park in it, man. <laughs>